I know what it's like to have a nagging feeling or a nagging desire of accomplishing something or starting something. We have dreams, we have ideas. So what do we do with those? Welcome to Book Therapy. I'm your host, Kim Patton. There's no way to count how many books are floating around in this world. Some are decent, some are truly terrible, and some are great. Today, we're going to take a deep dive into one great book. Together, we will discover gems of truth and encouragement to help you face your current season of life. I'm ready. You're ready. Let's get this party started. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have an awesome book to talk about. It is called Beginner's Pluck by Liz Forkin Bohannon. It is sort of a business-minded book. She's an entrepreneur, and so she writes from that mindset. But she tackles some common sayings and mantras that you may have heard, I'm sure you've heard, many times, and she adds her little twist on them. I really learned a lot from this book, and I hope you will too. So we're going to dive into it in just a minute. But before we get into the book, I want to encourage you to hit subscribe or follow for this podcast. If you hit subscribe and follow, you'll be notified when a new episode comes out and you won't miss anything. If you've been listening and you want to leave a review, that helps so much to help people find the show. Thank you so much for your help spreading the word about book therapy. Let's jump into the book. Liz Forkin Bohannon lives in Oregon with her husband who helps her run Seiko Designs. She also lives with her three kids. Her last child was born during the pandemic, and she actually had COVID in the very moments that she was in labor. So the story is pretty intense, and she's done a podcast about it. And if you're interested, check out her Instagram page. She runs Psycho Designs. It's a socially conscious fashion brand. I saw it first on Shark Tank several years ago. She started with a sandal that she made and used that to kind of launch her into this entrepreneurial journey of helping women overseas get jobs and be able to support their family. So that's what she's been doing for the last 10 years, and that's what she's most passionate about. The book Beginner's Pluck is, I would say it's a business book, but it's driven by personal story. The tone of it is really personable. She focuses a lot on learning from failures Um, Her podcast, Plucking Up, she calls them pluck-ups, and that's what she highlights when she interviews guests. She wants them to talk about the mistakes they've made, any failures, any missteps that they learn from. That's kind of what she focuses in on because that's what teaches us the most. The book is definitely a little bit funny. It's very empowering. It's very inspiring. There's a little bit of a faith story near the end. So overall, it's just a great read to encourage you in whatever season of life you're in regarding following your dreams and living your passion, doing something that kind of scares you. Um, If you're into any sort of entrepreneurial or business mindset or, um, you know, goals, this is definitely a great book to read. We're going to start with the first thing she talks about that stuck out to me, which is life is not about finding your passion. We always hear, find your passion, find your passion. She doesn't agree with that. She thinks that you need to stop trying to find your passion and um, just realize that they're not, passion and purpose are not discoverable. They are buildable. You don't find it, you build it. She encourages not staking your life and dreams on one big passion that is the thing. And I found this to be similar to something else, and I'll get there in a second. 
Let me read you a quote. This is on page 38. Passion and purpose are not an object of desire or hidden treasure waiting to be discovered. They are a canvas that is waiting for you to get the first splatter of paint on it. They are a blank computer screen that needs about 100,000 words on it to make a story. But you can't have 100,000 until you have the first 10,000, and you can't have the first 10,000 before you write the first word. Passion isn't a pre-existing condition. A life of purpose and passion can't be found. It is the result of being brave, curious, and dare I say, plucky. You do not find your passion and purpose. You build it. What do we do instead of finding our passion? She gives us an easy answer. She says, ask yourself, what am I interested in? I love this so much, and we're going to get back to curiosity um, later because this is the biggest truth that I gained from reading this book. So let's talk about God's will for a minute. You've heard find your passion, and you've heard find God's will. If you grew up in the church, you hear a lot about finding that thing you have to do in order to live out God's will in your life. I have a beef with that, and I know other people do as well, especially because this is preached to us while we're growing up. And then it's especially encouraged when we are going off to college or graduating from high school, where you're supposed to go figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. That is super scary. <laughs> and if you if you know anything about teenage brains and young adult brains, that's probably not the time of life to figure out what you want to do forever. It's really intimidating. And I know that a lot of people struggle and break down because they just feel the pressure that they have to figure out what they want to do for the rest of their life right away. And in college, when there's so much distraction and there's so many new things, or if you're doing a gap year or working, there's a lot of pressure that other people may put on you that isn't really necessary. So what are you interested in? Knock on some doors. Research a little bit try new things, talk to people, just do the next thing that makes your heart beat a little faster. And then try that, learn from your mistakes, and then move on to something else or dive deeper into that one thing. Okay, next we have dream small. Yeah, you heard that right. Not dream big, dream small. So Liz had really big dreams. It was adorable to read about how she wanted to change the world. I say adorable because a lot of us we want to change the world. We want to do big things. She was concerned about women and girls all around the world, and she wanted to save them all. Let me read you this from page 51. My big dream was a vision for a corporate philanthropy initiative that involved millions of dollars and was going to improve the lives of millions of women and girls across the globe. It was a really big dream, you guys. So many zeros, so many lives. Just you wait. This was going to be big. I get that. I understand how people want to change the world. The world needs to be changed, to be honest. And a lot of people have big, big dreams. Her suggestion is to dream small, really small. As she started figuring out what she needed to do in order to accomplish this big dream, she shrunk her goals. She focused on just one girl. She just wanted to know one girl. So it, was, it became her new goal in life to just make one friend learn firsthand what that person is going through and then figure out what she's going to do next to help that one person. It was a visual for her and it was an experience that was necessary for her to get to the big accomplishments that she's done now with Seiko Designs, but she needed to start 
really small. And that's what she encourages. I am so guilty of letting big dreams take over my life. My husband will tell you when I get a new idea and I tell him, I need to talk to you about something or I have, I have an idea. He just kind of braces himself because it happens <laughs> every once in a while. And sometimes the dreams are really big and sometimes they're not. And sometimes they happen and sometimes they don't. Choosing to dream small and take small steps in one direction is a much more manageable plan than dreaming really big and wanting to change the whole world and everybody in it. Okay, lastly, we have my favorite, which is choose curiosity. Let's go back to the first part where she said, you know, don't find your passion, build it. Well, how do we do that? Find out what you're interested in. Ask yourself, what am I interested in? And start there. Dreaming small, of course, helps once you kind of figure out what you want to do. And then just taking small steps and staying curious, asking a lot of questions. Think about a party that you go to. Who are the most interesting people? Are they the people who are talking about themselves loudly and with hands that are describing a story that is supposed to be so interesting that you just can't even look away, but really you find yourself a little bored or annoyed and you just want to walk away or go outside in the back porch where nobody is? Yeah. You don't want to be that person. Who are the most interesting people? I love it when there's genuine conversation and people are just asking really good questions. We start good conversation with great questions. If you're interested in someone at a gathering or in the field that you want to work in or in the career or the situation that you're attracted to, okay, who can you talk to that can tell you stories about their failures? What questions can you ask to gain more information about if this is a good fit for you or not? Stay curious. Listen to this quote from page 63. You can, in moments of challenge, disappointment, failure, confusion, and embarrassment, decide to choose a spirit of curiosity. Instead of finding someone in something to blame, you can start to ask yourself some questions. I wonder why they responded that way. What could I have done better? What will I do differently next time? How will I learn, change, grow from this experience? What else might I be missing here? How can I get a fuller understanding of the situation? Curiosity is not only one of the greatest tools we have in building our lives of purpose and passion, it's a mindset that each and every one of us can choose every day. And in doing so, you can build up your curiosity muscle. Curiosity is there right in front of you in unlimited quantity. In this quote, she's talking about making mistakes and learning from them. Being curious at yourself, not only being curious about a person at a party that you want to get to know so that they can provide more information as to, you know, the career that you're going into or the path that you want to go down. That's one form of curiosity, but also being curious about yourself and your missteps. Instead of choosing criticism toward yourself or others, try to get to the bottom of what you can do differently next time. To wrap it up, we have build your passion instead of find your passion. Dream small instead of dreaming big and staying curious. If you need a little further inspiration to go ahead and take a leap of faith into something that you've been thinking about recently, I know what it's like to have a nagging feeling or a nagging desire of accomplishing something or doing something or starting something. We have dreams. We have ideas. So what do we do with those? Here's a little bit of inspiration. This is what she says near the end of the book on page 147. Whatever it is, it doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be good enough for now. So press publish on the post. Make the speech. 
host the dinner party, put a fair price tag on the service, and then tell people you're for hire. Pick up the phone and have the hard conversation. Volunteer for one hour a month, even though you wish you could do more. Share your proposal in the meeting, even though you've never led a project. Start the thing. But a little bit of warning. When we do hard things, when we start something, when we go forth and begin new endeavors, it's not going to be easy. I'm so sorry (laughs) to tell you, but it is not going to be easy. I was just wrestling with this last night. I was up late journaling and just going back and forth with this idea that I have and giving it to God and then taking it back in my hands and giving it to God and surrendering and being all spiritual and then waking up this morning and saying, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if this is the right thing to do. I don't want to take a step in that direction if it's just going to be a failure. Well, that's what I'm struggling with. And I know you're struggling with something too. The good news is the hardest things are some of the best things. And unfortunately, that's when things get done is when we are faced with opposition and we are forced to overcome the opposition and get to that great thing or accomplish that great thing or even just allow God to use whatever it is he's telling you to do to sharpen your character and make you a more loving person or a softer person or a more empathetic person. He has agendas that we don't even know about. So if he's laying something on my heart and I'm ignoring it, I'm just going to miss out on whatever he had planned for me. This is the last quote I'm going to share. So this is on page 192. She's talking about C.S. Lewis's story, um, The Chronicles of Narnia, and how Aslan is a lion, the great lion, and he's not safe, but he's good. She says, C.S. Lewis also says, there is no safe investment. To love at all is vulnerable. Love anything in your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly broken. She encourages us to say it is not safe, but it is good. She has met people through the years whose stories just ripped her apart, gave her nightmares. But that's the work that God has chosen for her. And that's the work that she has devoted her life to. And she would tell you that it's worth it. That was Beginner's Pluck by Liz Bohannon. Once again, you can find her. I have in the show notes her links to her website and her book. I recommend this book to dreamers who want to make a difference and they're just not sure what to, where to start. Thank you so much for listening to Book Therapy. Please subscribe or follow or leave a review. If you love this content, please visit my website, kimpatton.com, for more. I really hope you enjoyed the show. Join me again next time. We're going to have a little bit more book therapy. Next time, we'll be talking about a book that challenged and encouraged me so much to where it's probably one of the most life-changing books I've ever read for me personally, and I hope that it will challenge and encourage you as well.